Hey, 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 good morning, champions. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Come on, let me see you offering up God some praise this morning. In the words of Pastor Chris, I need some hearts. I need some fire. I need some lifted hands. I need some running emojis because I'm looking for some people that are glad to know God. They are glad to be saved. They are glad to be delivered. They are glad to be set free. They are glad to be here in the land of living today. They are glad to be a part of Fellowship of Champions, and they are glad to know they are complete in Christ. And if I'm talking to you, I need to hear you. I love Etoy. She says, I am people. Listen, my name is Pastor Sean Strickland. I'm here with my super cute husband, Pastor Edwin Strickland. See that beard, y'all? Look at that beard game. And we are the pastors of Fellowship with Champions Church International, where we are teaching people to walk in love, live by faith, and experience God's prosperity. As you can see, I'm already excited. As you can see, I woke up like this, as Beyonce said. I woke up excited, so thrilled, thinking about this series that we've been teaching and all that God is doing in our life. But before we just jump into the message, I need a little help. I need you to hashtag and tell me where you're watching from. If you're watching live, I need you to hashtag live. Say I'm watching live from Los Angeles. I'm watching live from Savannah, Georgia. Man, and if you're watching the replay, I want you to do the same thing. Then you know what I need you to do? I need you to get on your page and say, come to church with me. Come to church with me. Come and learn that you are complete in Christ. I need you to share it on your story if you have the ability to do it. For those of you who are IGers, you need to screenshot and I mean, take a picture and then put it on your IG and tag because, you know, Fellowship of Champions also has an IG page. Listen, we need you to be excited about what God is doing in our lives, what God is doing at Fellowship of Champions. And listen, all week, People say things to us like, this church has really changed my life, mm -hmm. right? They say, the practical teaching has changed my life. You know what I need you to do? If the practical teaching has changed your life, I need you not to be quiet about it. I'm not just talking about on Sunday. I'm talking about on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You need to be saying because all over this world, there are people who are not connected with churches right now. People who are wondering whether God loves them. People who are struggling with all kind of mental torment, struggling with financial issues, struggling with health issues. And you're sitting here with the answer, the answer that's changed your life. And I want to encourage you because sometimes what can happen, two things can happen, is that one, we get so used to it that we think it's normal. Right. So we don't talk about it anymore. And you need to talk about it. And the other thing is that because a couple of people haven't responded the way that you thought they should, you turn down your shine. Don't turn down your shine. Man, listen, there are people, think about how you found Fellowship of Champions. Likely you found Fellowship of Champions because somebody shared it. You you, you followed me, you followed Pastor Elwin, you followed Pastor Ralph, you followed Pastor Chris, Chris you knew Nitra, you knew Chandra, and you saw a stream come up, somebody tagged you in it. Maybe you've even been tagged. Has anybody ever been tagged on a day you weren't coming to church? You didn't really feel like it. You were sleepy, you were tired, your husband, your kids, your dog had got on your last nerve, but some 
somebody tagged you and you said, let me go over here and see what they're talking about. And you got the very thing that you needed. I need you to get excited about what God is doing in your life, in this world, and in fellowship of champions. I see Ebony saying, this practical teaching has changed my life. Guys, don't get silent. Don't be silent. Talk about what Fellowship of Champions is doing. Don't assume that it's common and don't get weary in well-doing even when it seems like people aren't listening because if we're all honest, None of us accepted Jesus the first time we heard about him. None of us probably got filled with the Holy Spirit the first time that we had, had it offered. Man, we have to hear and hear and hear and hear and hear. And so people need to hear how God is changing your life and how this teaching is playing a role in it. So don't get quiet. Amen. And remember, Amen. one of the things that we talked about early on, you know, it's interesting that as the world opens back up, uh, people are... Uh, dedicating less and less time uh, to the things of God. They've kind of, they, now, now that they can get out of the house, now that they can go and do uh, other things, uh, we, we find people who have, uh, how can I say this, they've been lax on the things of God. And then they find themselves in these situations where they need the very teaching that we're doing. And what they want to do is they want to call us or they want to call other people and have people to spoon feed them in a very quick fashion over the word that they were responsible for for months and months and months ago. So I just encourage people, don't let the fact that the world is opening back up, don't let the fact that it's summertime, don't let it, the fact that there's other things you could be doing stop you from getting the word. Remember, we had four commitments this year. Of those four commitments, we was talking about, hey, number one, we need people to understand the importance of reading your word. Read your you Bible. need to read your Bible. And if you're not reading your Bible, you at least need to be listening to very sound teaching that includes the word of God so that you can begin to learn and rehearse those scriptures because it's important that you put them in you so that in a precious situation, they come out of you, right? And then we asked people, we said, hey, have some integrity. Be committed. Come to service. Don't skip out on service. Don't miss a service service this year, right? If you can be there live on Sundays, be there. If you can be there live on Tuesdays, be there. If you can be there live on Wednesdays, be there. If you can be there live on Friday morning, be there. Come and be a part and don't allow the enemy to, uh, to lull you to sleep by enticing you to do other things to get you away from this word because what you study and what you put in you absolutely matters. And then we said to people, hey, listen, you need to spend time praying in tongues every day. You need to spend an hour a day praying in the Holy Spirit, right? Whether you do that at for a 60-minute block or you do that for 61-minute blocks or anything in between, you need to be praying in the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Bible says that when you pray in the Holy Spirit, it builds up what? Your most holy faith. And how many of you know we're going to need faith to make it through this time? Absolutely. We're going to need faith to make it through every single time. And then lastly, we said we want to make sure that you are taking time to take communion more often. Why? Because it's not just about eating some crackers or drinking some juice. It's about understanding what you are doing. When we talk about communion and we talk about being remembrance of the Lord's body, remember that they were, that Jesus himself was participating in this. It wasn't called communion. It was the Passover. And he was really participating in what God had done for the children of Israel. Well, just like God let that death angel pass them by because the blood was on their doorposts, Jesus is our lamb. Jesus has died for us. He is the blood over our doorpost. And as a result of that, we get to be complete in Christ, right? And that's what we've been talking about for five weeks. So I'm just encouraged by what we're going to be talking about today. 
Uh, I'm excited. You know, I see people posting throughout the week that they're completing Christ. In fact, there's what about 65 people on here right now. You ought to go ahead and just put that in the comment section as we get started. Say, I am completing Christ. You know, and we can't say that enough. I can't, we can't stress that enough that we are complete. We are not trying to do something to be complete. It's not based on our behavior, how good it is or how bad it is that literally Christ did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. And now that we grow up into that revelation, we need that. We need to be complete. We are complete. Now we need to exude completeness. Right. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. So I'm excited to be here. No, I love it. Etoy says, she said, I love that you guys teach the same thing over and over again. I'm, we're so thankful for people who have just learned not to despise repetitive teaching. You know, I, we've said for years, just because you have memorized something doesn't mean you have mastery. Yeah. And as a person who struggled in algebra, I can tell you that just because you can do the homework when the teacher's doing the homework, the problem on the board doesn't mean you actually know the order of operations. In the kingdom, the order of operation is that we have been made complete. Mm -hmm. Everything else is built from that. The reason people think they struggle with their faith, the reason people struggle with being rejected, the reason people struggle with depression and all of these things is because you don't have the proper foundation. Mm -hmm. The proper foundation is that when Jesus died, I was co-buried with mm -hmm. him. And when Jesus was raised, I was co-raised with him. I am new. I am not the same order of woman mm -hmm. of of human that I was before I've been made new. And for years, for decades, people have tried to tap into the promises of God without the right foundation. Mm -hmm. And so then when the money doesn't show up, you go, God doesn't love me like he loves somebody else. My faith doesn't work. All of these different stuff. But the foundation, what Jesus did, the big shebang, the big mystery is that he made us new. And what, what you have to do is you that has to become more real to yep, you and more exciting to you. Listen, this is our year of great progress. It is. Man, we had a testimony the other day that one of our partners said, she said, I want to come back and I want to bring y'all the word that y'all said. It's the year of um great. What did, what did you say um, of increase? Mm -hmm. It was the year of increase, right? The five to one year. And she said, I had $125,000 in debt canceled, right? I need you to know that's amazing. Praise the Lord. Praise God that somebody had $125,000 in debt cancellation. Praise God for new houses and cars and promotions. All of that stuff is amazing. Put it in the comments. Say that's amazing. But do you know the most amazing thing? The most amazing thing is that I am complete. And I wrote this down while we were, um, while we were listening to Chris, right? Is that when my self-esteem is rooted in my God identity, nothing shakes me. Mm -hmm. When my self-esteem, many of us, you, you try to get your self-esteem mm -hmm. in the fact that you can sing, your self-esteem in the fact that you made good grades in school, your self-esteem in the fact that you somebody mama, you somebody wife, you're getting promoted at work. Man, all of that's cool, but how many of y'all know that there are people who are doing that who don't know Jesus? That is not the miracle. That is not the supernatural part. The supernatural thing is that now my identity mm -hmm. is found in him. 
I am who he says I am. Yes. So when life tries to say to me, Sean, you're not that, I'm like, no, because my self-esteem, my value, my validation, my worth is not tied up in whether I get the job or whether I get married this year or whether I get to take the vacation or whether the business does this. My total worth and value and identity is rooted in God and I am completing Christ. I'm completing Christ. And if we would let that grab hold of us when we come back and teach about money, when we come back and teach about healing, when we come back and teach about obedience, it would be from the proper place. And we wouldn't think our value and our worth was in something that can be shaken. Everything in this world, surely you've seen it. Man, listen, the... um. The, the stock market can be shaken. The government can be shaken. Mm -hmm. Crypto can be shaken. Your job can be shaken. Relationships can be shaken. Everything natural can be shaken. So he says, root yourself in who I called you to be. And I said, you are complete. And I just want people to get that mm -hmm. because I feel like Every day, I think one of us is quoting this scripture through the house where we got our Bibles open. We're just meditating on it. And it's literally changing. You know, it, it, it's changing the level of peace. It's changing the level of confidence. It's changing everything because my total worth, my total value, my total identity is in who I am in Christ. And that's on period. Yeah. That's on everything. I don't let anybody else. And y'all need to hear this. And you need to come on this journey with us. You should make a decision today. No matter how many more weeks we teach about this. Nobody or nothing else ever gets permission to define you again. Yeah. Nobody, no one else ever gets to tell you your worth again. I can look at Jesus and see my worth. I, if you don't see my value, that's on you. You work that out however you need to. If you don't pick me for the job, you work that out however you need to. But no one else gets to determine my wealth, my worth, except for Jesus. Well, and, and this is biblical, right? Because when we're talking about our self-esteem, Jesus illustrates this point when he's talking to his disciples. It's a, it's a story we all know. He uses the comparison of two homes. He said mm. there are two homes, right? He said the only difference in those homes is what they're built on. He says the storms came to both of them. The wind came to both of them. The rain came to both of them. He said, but one of those houses fell and the other one stood. Which one fell and which one stood? The one fell was because it was built on something other than the rock. It was built on Come something on. other than a firm foundation. So if your self-esteem is built on how uh, how many accolades you get, if your self-esteem is built on how uh, how high you go in your education, if it's built on how much money you have, if it's built on popularity, if it's built on anything other than Jesus Christ and I am complete in him, it can be shaken. It can be shaken. And that's all he was saying to them is, listen, I know there's going to be opportunities for you to build your life on other stuff. And I realize that it's going to even and sometimes look more glamorous than building your life on me and what I'm asking you to do. And what I'm asking you to do may not even make sense to you sometimes. And it may go counterintuitive to the culture of this society that you find yourself in. But hear me, the storm is going to come. Hear me, the rain is going to come. He says, hear me, the winds are going to come. And if you want to survive all of that, 
You've got to put yourself on something that won't let you down. And I'm the only thing that won't let you down. That is it. And I was thinking about this. I, I'm, you know, people say they love when they when we tell stories. So I'm gonna tell the story and then we can pray and get into this, right? You are a good husband. You are absolutely a sweetheart to me. Okay. Today I got up and I thought I looked particularly cute. Y'all can't see it, but y'all, I got on some wide leg jeans. My little shoes matched a little pink in my thing. I thought I looked so cute. Almost every Sunday morning, Pastor Edwin tells me how cute I look. Babe, you look cute today. Y'all crickets, nothing. Now, I think I look extra cute today. Crickets, nothing, right? Can you understand that even someone who is good to you cannot be the sense of your value, right. cannot be your validation? It, it can't be, it can't be, oh, well, my teacher didn't notice me this time. Oh, I didn't get 37 likes on my Facebook post. Oh, my husband didn't notice how cute I was. Because if you do that, you're going to be tossed and turned and living all over. And I keep saying this because... You know, I keep seeing my heart really grieves for the people. My, my heart grieves differently for people who have accepted Christ than people who haven't accept, accepted Christ. And let me explain this. People who haven't accepted Christ, I get why you do what you do. You're just in darkness. And when you're in darkness, darkness is just really dark, yeah. right? But what really grieves me is to see born again believers looking for their identity everywhere but Jesus, looking for peace everywhere but Jesus, looking for a man to give you peace, looking for, like, listen, I well, like- Well, and the truth of the matter is we have to be, and I have to say this as a pastor, we have to be very, very careful because what the enemy wants to do is to slowly pull other things of the world into the church yes, and to make them acceptable to yes. people because he doesn't just start off with a shebang. He starts off with something very small and then like it becomes acceptable to do this thing. And then before you know it, it's acceptable to do this thing. And then it's acceptable to do this thing. And I'm going to mix a little this. I'm going to mix a little that. And I'm going to do a little scripture with a little this and a little that. And before you knew, before you know it, you have literally gotten away from the gospel message. Yes. That what you have gotten into is something that is almost unrecognizable for those who know true gospel. Uh, and the church is slowly, uh, and it's not new. Uh, I think that it's becoming more prevalent because the enemy knows his time is winding up. And so what he's doing is he's got this onslaught of people who uh, are great orators, people who have charisma, people who can command an audience and, and through their traumas and through their pains. And because they don't trust God, they don't take God seriously. They don't believe that God can fix everything in their life. Then they start looking for other things and they start mixing. It. And you hear people saying stuff that, you know, like, like, like was on the Internet all this this past weekend where someone begins to say, I love God and I went to a medium. You can't have them both. You just cannot. And it's not just the medium, but you can't have God and then talk about I'm going to clean my I'm going to clear my house with sage. You, you just can't do all of that. And so you've got to make this decision in your life about who am I going to serve? Who am I going? Is God going to? Here's the question. Is God going to be enough for you? Is God going to be enough? You know what? And let me tell you something. But it starts with something like this. I love God, but I cuss a little. It doesn't start with the big things. 
let, let, let's go to a medium. Let's go to a witch doctor. It starts with something like, even though God says, don't let any corrupt communication come out of your mouth, I'm going to let corrupt communication come out of my mouth. And that's the thing. I remember this. I learned this at Dakota Church. I ain't learned this growing up. I learned this at your church. I learned that people don't, it's not called back jumping. People don't back jump. People slide out of identity. A little bit, a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there until literally you turn down the voice of Holy Spirit to such a degree that you don't know who you are. You don't know what your identity is. And then you're looking all over. You know, um, I was saying um, last night I made a post. Um, and we hope this is blessing you guys because we want you to be anchored. I love what Everett said. It's a slow fade. It's like when they talk about, um, um, what is it, frog legs or crabs or whenever they cook and they turn the water and then they don't, um, they, they don't try to get out anymore. Lobsters. They don't try to get out anymore because the water gets hot over time. So what happens is, is that when Christ is in our identity, and we just get into performance, into religious activities, then we just slowly slip away and we don't even realize how far we've gotten away from where it, from where it is. And, and here's how you know if you're on that path, when you hear someone talking like this, it begins to irritate you. It irritates you. You're like, come on, can they come on and preach about something else? I don't want to hear you because the enemy that 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 enemy that is influencing you, not you, but the enemy that is influencing you doesn't want you to hear that. It, it's, it's bothersome to you. It's irritating to you because what it really wants you to do is to live that indifferent lifestyle. That, that indifferent about. lifestyle. And that's what it really wants that to do. That indifferent lifestyle. And so what we want to do is we want to be intentional, not from a performance standpoint, but from a, this is who I really am. And because this is who I really am, I let God define me. And I'll give you one more example. You know, yesterday I was talking about, I, you know, I really believe that the majority of our trouble comes that we don't we we don't properly recognize Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. We don't properly recognize Holy Spirit. And depending on how you grew up, you was taught that the Holy Spirit jump on you like a like a, a bug and make you jump all around. Um, you you don't you think the Holy Spirit is something you catch and you miss what Jesus said that the Holy Spirit, his job is to lead us in all truth. First Corinthians says the job of the Holy Spirit is to search the heart of God the and, and show us what has been freely given to us, right? And so when we don't put Holy Spirit in his proper place by cultivating a relationship with him, by cultivating an ear to hear him, then there are all these other voices we can hear. Now, let me say this. People ask me all the time, Pastor Sean, how do you get to the point that you can hear Holy Spirit? The same way I know your voice. The same way I know the difference between Ralph voice and said voice, because anybody you spend time with, and that's why we've encouraged you guys to read the word every day. That's why we've encouraged you to to read, um, to pray in the spirit every day, because if you read the it word every day, it tunes your hearing. And when people say things, you go, you may not know the scripture, but you go, the spirit. Spirit of it doesn't sit right with you because people can literally quote scripture. And even when they're quoting scripture, you're like, but the spirit of that isn't right. And if, you, and if you learn to not just read the Bible, but if you actually learn to study the Bible, 
which is important as well. You want to read it, but you also want to learn to study it. You need to know it from its historical context. You need to understand what was happening here. You need to understand the language that's going on, who he was saying that to. What was what was that group of people that was being spoken to? You need to really study the Bible too, because then when you study the Bible and then you hear someone take a scripture out of context, you understand it's out of context. That it's out of context. So, so yesterday I was making this post about Holy Spirit and I was saying Holy Spirit isn't an it. It absolutely bugs me when someone calls Holy Spirit an it. He is a part of the Godhead. And if you know me, you know I am pro-woman. My work is so pro-woman. And I had these women come on. They didn't mean any harm. They weren't trying to be argumentative. And they were like, but um, what about why isn't the Holy Spirit a she? And I was saying, and they were making the argument that because we haven't seen enough women um, that we don't know our identity. And I was like, you literally can go to Genesis 1, 26 and 27 and find your identity. It says that God said to, he said, let us make man after our image. And he created him male and female. And what we have to be careful about is that we don't allow our personal biases with whatever's happened, that women don't like how men treat us in the church, that men don't like X about women, that black people don't like this about white people, that white people don't like this about black people, to allow us to pervert scripture, to try to get caught up in theological arguments that don't mean anything. At the end of the day, whether Jesus is black or white or purple with green stripes, whether the Holy Ghost is a woman or a man, whether God is got a beard or whether his face is bare who cares because that is not what makes us completeness that's not the image we're created in it's his god identity it's the freedom it's the liberty it's who we really are and so i really encourage you especially those of us who know how to formulate a good argument who know how to get in scripture and do all of that stuff man give up your right to need to be right and just want your identity to be in christ i remember um my bishop, Bishop Frank Anderson Jr. Uh, bishop, why you always when when you talk about why your second why ecclesiastical deep uh, like jurisdiction of the state of oh, Arkansas? Okay. He used to tell us all the time, "Don't spend your time majoring in the minor and minoring in the major." He said, "People are going to always want to come and debate things." He said, "But what's the most important thing?" It's knowing who Christ is and who you are in Christ. And so when people do those kind of things, I literally, I don't even get involved in that because it's it's, it's a fruitless argument. It's a pharisaical argument. It's like we're arguing. It's like you're arguing about the resurrection of the dead versus the not resurrection of the dead. Like, man, stop that. I'm, I love, I love what Sonia said. I'm completing him. That's the major. Right? right? Why? Because when I know I'm completing him, I lay hands on the sick and they recover. When I know I'm completing him, I'm not tormented in my mind. I don't have time to argue with all of these things. And even and I, like, man, I just want to see God get his desire. I, the, I, I tell people like this. Think of it like this, because you talked about putting people in, putting the, the putting Holy Spirit in his proper place. Right. God is father. Jesus is savior. Holy Spirit is teacher. If you understand those three aspects of who they are, then you never get them confused. And, and, and you can have a teacher who, who, who is male or female. So it doesn't matter. The question is, can you learn from the teacher? Can you learn from the paraclete? Can he teach you something? Can you be open enough to listen? And so to me, those are the things that are important in that fellowship of champions. As long as I get to service pastor, we're going we gonna to major in the major.
We're going to major in the major. We're going to major in the major, right? Listen, guys, come on and give the Lord some praise. We're going to pray and we're going to drop junk. <laughs> 30 right? minutes no, <laughs> but listen, because here's the thing. Being a pastor is more than just teaching a message. It is. It's a lot of good preachers. It should be about teaching the people, not just the message. It should be leading the people to a life where literally they can, they can lead others in the same direction. Absolutely. And so sometimes we need to do this um, because people need to be pastored. Mm -hmm. They don't just need to be preached to. You need to understand that there are things and conversations that you are having and, and things you're entertaining that it's like, what's the purpose of it? Where is it going to lead you? The question you should ask is, is this going to lead me to my identity right. or is this going to cause me to be confused and caught up in some foolishness and, and searching for something? I was talking to somebody the other day and they were talking about like all of these um, philosophical things, right? And I was like, at the end of the day, like when people get into, um, for example, let's use this, um, what your belief is about the rapture. You could be amillennial, you could be postmillennial, you could be premillennial. I don't want to teach none of that because I don't care nothing about any of that right now. Because here's the point. Whether you're postmillennial, premillennial, or amillennial, you're not going to change how things come out. So you're having a debate. I'm over here arguing with Strick because he pre and I'm post. We not, but this for the purpose of this conversation. And so we're arguing about it. And at the end of the day, we still won't know till we get to the end. Major in the major. How will being established in your Christ identity stop the enemy from tormenting you in your mind? How will being established in your God identity help you parent your kids and lead them in the ways of the Lord? How will being established in your God identity keep you from being stressed no matter what the economy is doing? How will being established in your God identity give you the courage to lay hands on the sick and see them recover? How will being established in your God identity cause you to be light in the world come out of the stupid stuff guys <laughs> i remember years ago this pastor pastor sister canopy she used to say all the time anytime you see people caught up in stuff like this it's the spirit of stupid mm -hmm. and stupid is a spirit and it's designed to get us arguing and in office and in disagreement over foolery one last example i'm a woman preacher a lot of people don't believe women should be preachers. I ain't never, hear me, ain't never, ain't never going to any man's post or any woman's post trying to convince them that I'm called to preach. What's the point in that? What's the point in arguing back and forth on scripture? Because let me tell you something I know about an argument. You cannot persuade a person who doesn't want to be persuaded. It doesn't matter how much evidence you lay out there. So why do I spend, would I spend one moment of my time talking about the pulpits that won't let women in, talking about the men who don't believe in women preachers, when I got a whole group of people who get in their life transformed. And I'm saying that sometimes we think that an argument is a good argument, but it really is losing the war because it's just being invited into the spirit of stupid and we're engaged in stuff that is complete distractions. And really, because Pastor Edwin told us last week, the enemy plays the long game. Some 
of them arguments, they're designed that when you're laying in bed at night to come back and replay in your mind to cause you to operate in confusion. Yeah, so that you don't, so that you walk in and out of your, well, you don't actually walk out of completeness. You walk out of the knowing of your completeness. Right, yeah, the revelation of yeah. your completeness. All right, so y'all good? Come on and give the Lord some praise. Let's pray. Let's rock this out. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we give you praise with much thanksgiving, and we thank you that we are a church that is open to truth. We thank you that we have established ourselves on the foundation that we are complete in Christ, and it is your doing, Father. We thank you that you have given us the Holy Spirit so we don't have to wonder and we don't have to philosophize. You lead us into truth. You said that anytime we could see here and understand, we would be converted and we would be healed. So all of the places that we have operated in dysfunction, delusion, and deception, we invite you, Holy Spirit, to send light to illuminate us and cause us to walk in freedom that we may bring glory to the Father everywhere we go and we thank you for it now in jesus name amen 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 you know we're going to talk about we're going to continue to talk about being complete in christ uh as we do that i want to i want to just start us off uh with a couple of scriptures i want to go okay. back to the one we did uh several weeks ago uh in first uh first thessalonian okay first thessalonian uh and, and just i want us to just just look at it because it's going to set us up for Colossians 1.21, eventually, I believe. And look, here it says this. It says, for God has not destined us for wrath. We ought to all be able to just give God praise, praise for, that. for that. The whole idea and this whole concept that God is, a, is an angry God, that God is waiting on us to make a mistake so he can, he can zap us, that God is angry. Those things just aren't true. Paul was saying to the, to the Thessalonians, he was saying, listen, God has not destined us for wrath. What he has done is he has destined us to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 10 says, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. In other words, whether we are alive in this body or whether we have departed this earth and are with and, and what they call asleep, we are still with Christ. Amen. He wants us with him in every Amen. situation. He says, therefore, he's talking to the church. He says, encourage one another. He says, build one another up just as you are doing. So when people say, man, y'all teaching on this for, for five, six weeks. Yes, because our job is to encourage one another in this and build each other up. He then says this. He says, we are grateful to the Father. Watch this. Who qualified us to participate in the complete portion of the inheritance of the saints in life. What is that complete portion? That we are complete in him. It says he qualified us to be able to be complete. He then goes on and he says this. He says he rescued us from the dominion of darkness. He, he, he rescued us. He, he, he can, can you imagine? And we all have seen movies and different things before. And we like action movies, right? So there's nothing like a good action movie where the person goes in and he's got one gun and 12 bullets and he takes out 15 people, you know, uh, in order to rescue and, and get that person back. 
you know, we 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 have really lived the Taken movie, right? Yes. The enemy came and and he took us through. Oh, sin. that's so good. He took us through sin, and 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 the enemy thought he had us, and 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 God said to the enemy, "I have a special set, set of skills." skills. Ah. And the special set of skills he had was in Jesus Christ, and the Bible says that the enemy didn't recognize because if he had, he they would not have crucified. Let me go Lord. ahead and finish this. No, scripture. come on, come <laughs> he on. He says he rescued us. Us from the dominion of darkness, and then he relocated us into the kingdom where the love of his son rules. Yeah, the love of his son rules. So we are complete in Christ. It says, in God's mind, mankind is associated in Christ. In his blood sacrifice, the one that Jesus did for us, we were ransomed, and redemption was secured. Our sins, and I looked this up this week, in, 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 in the original translation, it doesn't have an S. It says our, our sin, sin. Mm -hmm. were completely done away with. What is our sin? The sin that Adam did? All the other things are just byproducts of that. But so Jesus didn't have to, I was reading it and I was thinking, Jesus didn't have to come and deal with depression. He didn't have to come and deal with, with schizophrenia. He didn't have to come and deal with sexual sins. He didn't have to come and deal with money issues. Jesus says, forget all that. I'm going to deal with one sin. And that is the sin that separated you from being in God. He says, and now I'm going to reconcile you back to God. And that's going to take care of everything else. It's why he don't trip about all the other sins. Because he did away with the one sin that was the branch for all the rest of them. It says he literally came, it says, and he did away with that sin. He says in him, the image and likeness of God is made visible in human form in order that everyone may recognize what? Their true origin. He says, in I came so that you can do what? Recognize, recognize your what? true origin your in true him. Your true origin in him. And it reminds me of when we went, when we were doing, um, um, John 3 out of the mirror translation and we and it says we are not our parents creation mm -hmm. we are the creation of God yep you are not your parents creation I don't care if your parents planned right. you you're not their creation I don't care how you were created as a result of molestation or adultery or out of wedlock you are not your parents creation mm -hmm. your true origin is in him and I was thinking about this when you were talking babe listen I want y'all to think about this we have only been teaching about this say only only five weeks mm -hmm. For your entire life, no matter how old you are. This ought to be replanned. You have heard <laughs> how broken you are. Mm, mm. You have heard you like your mama. You have heard you like your daddy. You have been defined by all kinds of stuff. We have only been teaching about this five weeks. We're trying to dismantle 50 years, 47 years, 37 years, 25 years of earth bombarding you with an identity that's not yours. Many of us have been in church for years and never realized that this game wasn't about heaven. Right. That this was about getting your identity back. Jesus 
came to give us our identity back. And when you were, it's so interesting because when we're studying guys, we don't talk necessarily about, we don't necessarily show each other everything we're studying, but I love how Holy Spirit brings us to the same place because you're using this about sin. And, um, and I was reading this week that sin is to live out of context with the blueprint of your design. Mm. So when Adam chose, when Adam and Eve mm. chose to eat the fruit, they came out of context with their original design. So when Jesus lived an obedient life and went to the cross, he put us back in context with our original design. Guys, many of us have been saved for years and never knew that we had been put back in context with our original design. Listen and watch this. So then in Ephesians 2, 1, 2, watch what he says. Because you said that sin was to, read that again. Sin was to what? Sin is to live out of context uh -huh. with the blueprint for your original design. So look what Paul says when he talks to the Ephesians. He says, picture where God found us. Picture where God found Outside us. Outside of the blueprint of our original design. He says, look where God found us. We were in what? A, a death, death trap. Of what? An inferior life. Because why? We were outside. Ooh, blueprint because yes. we were outside of his original design. It says constantly living below what? The blueprint measure of our lives. What did sin do? Sin caused us to live below the blueprint measure of, of our, his design of for his our original. Lives. And Jesus, man, listen. I read this. this <laughs> well, let, me, let me finish this. Okay, I'm, he sorry, says this. I'm sorry. He, he I'm says, sorry. we were all put, we were, he says, we were, we're all, all part of a common pattern. Everybody who was outside of that blueprint. He says, we were all a part of that common pattern. Oh, God. Swept along under the powerful, invisible influence, a spirit energy. A spirit, any the, the spirit of stupid, the spirit of the enemy, the spirit the, of deception <laughs> that adopted us, Ooh. came along and took us in as sons, and as a result, to its dictates through what unbelief. unbelief. That's what the, the spirit taught us how to taught us how not to believe. The devil taught us that we weren't who God said we are, and he was able to do it because we were living outside of what. The blueprint of God's original design. Go back life. to the beginning of that, that, the beginning of that verse. Picture where God found us. Picture where he found us. Picture where he found us. Where he found you. Don't think about your individual sin, yeah, guys. Yeah. Think about the think global about where he found issue mankind. of sin. He found mankind living outside of the original blueprint he and created. And how do we know that? Because when he showed up in the garden, Adam and Eve hid themselves from him. Yes. Why? Because they realized at that moment when they ate from that tree that they were now outside of that blueprint. And that is why God cursed the serpent. Because he caused them to do something that caused mankind to live beyond what he was originally supposed to live. But think about even what he was teaching us in that. They sinned. They come out of the original blueprint. They run from him. He doesn't say, you suck, go over there. He literally he knows. He was still consistent. The Bible says that he showed up in the Eve. He, he showed up to see them every day. Because he knew they had sinned, but he still showed up. They were the ones who hid themselves from him. 
And to this day, because of Adam and Eve, we keep keep hiding ourselves from God. The Mm. atheist is hiding himself from God. The agnostic is hiding themselves. Many of you, you're religiously performing, hiding yourself from God. You're trying to do enough, be enough, fast enough, give enough, be smart enough. And and he's saying, Mm. come here and let me show you who you are because you're never going to know who you are unless you look at me is this making sense to y'all is this helping y'all because this is what we talk about when we walk and this is what we talk about when i come in your office and say hey have you seen this or you come in the, in the bedroom and say hey have you seen this have you read this because what we're doing is just trying to peel back layers not to teach to live. To live. And so we're just sharing with you. But I'm telling you, this whole idea of being complete in Christ is not just some simple sentence. It's not. It's it is not. A, it's, 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 you begin to see it thread throughout the entire Pauline epistles. That he was trying to teach the he was trying to teach the the Thessalonians the Philippians the the ones who were in, in Ephesia he was trying to teach all of them y'all are complete. The mystery was not. If you accept Jesus, you go to heaven. It wasn't. The mystery was when you accept Jesus, you wake up to who you've always been. In 1 Corinthians, it says that we gaze at him to know ourselves as we have always been known. And this is what's so beautiful about it to me. Sin gave us spiritual amnesia. Mm -hmm. It gave us spiritual amnesia. We forgot who we were. So we started trying to piecemeal our image. We started looking around. The world has spent their time piecemealing their image. Oh, I'm valuable because I'm a wife. Oh, I'm valuable because I'm a mother. Oh, I'm valuable because I'm a missionary. And we spent this time piecemealing ourselves. We literally spent this time using anger, using drugs, using sex using good works, seeing gave us spiritual amnesia. God finds us in this state of spiritual amnesia. Go back to the scripture passage that we pulled up because now I want to say this, right? Where he found us in that mm-hmm. death trap, he, that scripture uh, right there, Ephesians. Ephesians. Uh-huh. Picture where God found us. Mm-hmm. He found you with spiritual amnesia. He found you. You don't even know who you are, so you can't know who he is because you don't know who he is. You don't know who you are. The Bible tells us this in John. It It says that when Jesus came, his own recognized him not. Picture where he found us. We were in a death trap of an inferior lifestyle. Constantly. Constantly living below the blueprint measure of our lives. Mm. So understand an inferior lifestyle is not sickness. An inferior lifestyle is not poverty. An inferior lifestyle is not being single. An inferior lifestyle is having spiritual amnesia and not knowing that you are already complete. You can I be mean, married, healthy, and wealthy and still have spiritual amnesia. And still have spiritual still be amnesia. Living Y'all need to lifestyle. share this and you need to say I am complete in Christ. And I you am. need to. You I work in a death trap. Why? Because the Bible says sin produces death. 
Not all sin causes you to drop dead immediately, but when we don't understand our original design, what sin does is that it kills our destiny. It pulls us away from who God has really called us to be and what he's really created us to do, and we end up living constantly below the blueprint measure of our lives. I need somebody to say level up. Mm -hmm. You got to level up, and we don't level up. Guys, I want y'all to hear me. We don't level up because we create a vision board. We don't level up because we move to a new house. We level up when it becomes more real to us than anything that what Jesus did made me complete. I'm not trying mm. to be complete. I'm not going to be complete. I am complete. And when I live from that place of being complete, the death trap that used to hold me in an inferior lifestyle, it loses its grip on me. I stopped fighting to be free, I come into truth and literally what used to hold me can't hold me anymore. And here's the thing, I had to look it up just to be sure. Okay. When we talk about a death trap, mm -hmm. it said that a death trap is a place, a structure or vehicle that becomes potentially more dangerous with every move. So we were living a life where everything Ooh, we got, every decision we made became potentially more and more dangerous. More and more dangerous. How? Because it kept pulling us away further and further and further away from God. He said, but Jesus came <laughs> and, and died so that we did not have to live in that death trap anymore. He rescued us. This is how grace rescued us. He rescued us. Sin left us dead toward God. Mm. Where is that? Pull that one up. This is how sin rescued us. I mean, how this is how grace rescued us. Sin left us dead towards God. Mm -hmm. Like spiritual corpses, yet in that state of deadness and indifference. There it is, indifference. God co-quickened us together with Christ. Mm -hmm. Now listen, this one of the times where if we were in church, I'd be like, Valley, we need 13 seconds to shout because you ought to shout out that. Now you talk about wanting to run around and tap your neighbor, you ought to run around and tap your neighbor that the quickening ain't the jerk that you feel the Holy <laughs> Ghost. The quickening is that he woke you up and said, hey, Edwin, you complete in me. Yeah, it's, your hey, Sean, it's your revelation. You, in me. you know what? Oh my goodness, this is how grace rescued me. Because right. the other scripture we read said that we were swept, uh, that we were all part of a common pattern, swept along under a powerful invisible influence, a spirit energy that adopted us as son and it dictates through unbelief. But grace came. But grace came. <laughs> but grace came. I need you to turn to tell your Facebook neighbor <laughs> or your YouTube neighbor, but I'm awake now, baby. I'm awake now. But I'm awake now, baby. I've been I'm awake. I've I been have been co-quickened. I'm awake now. I'm awake now. Um, um, listen, I read a note. This one we get to walking fast. This one we get no, this one we get, no, this this, get, we get no, to walking no. fast. Now, now, now we're doing 16, 15 minute miles. This one we get to walking fast. And I say to you, you got to slow down if you want me to talk. Cause I can't walk that fast and talk. Cause right? now, cause, cause the the word gets me excited when I start thinking about. Where I would be if it wasn't for the word. And I don't just mean like where I would be in terms of my, my, my social standing and all that. I mean, if it wasn't for the word and we were still living in that lifestyle that's below the blueprint, the blueprint that he designed for us, 
Oh my goodness. No, I'm awake now. I'm awake. I'm awake now. And, and, and he says, don't go back to sleep. That's why Paul said to the Galatians, don't let nobody be with you. Don't let nobody come in and take you and make you think that you a filthy rag, make you think that you're depressed, make you think that you're oppressed, make you think that God doesn't love you. Man, you're awake now. Don't you go back to sleep. Don't unknow what you now know. Don't unknow what you now know. Don't let it go. Don't abandon it. And you were, I think you read a scripture last week where you talked about giving attention to mm-hmm. giving a he says, so now that you are awake, give attention to that. Mm-hmm. Don't neglect that. Don't get distracted by by what's happening in the he's world. Just, he's just being intoxicated with Be, the faith oh, that you know. Yes. <laughs> being get drunk off the faith that you know. So in this scripture, they just read, put up about spiritual corpses. Y'all, is this blessing, y'all? Man, you ought to be putting, you ought to be saying to yourself as you listen to this, I'm completing Christ. You ought to be putting in the comments. You ought to just let yourself come alive. Let your soul, see your spirit already know this. Yeah. Now you got to let make your, your if, if your spirit soul, man ain't jumping, you got to, you got to, you got to question some things. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it says Jesus introduces us to the God who would rather become our distortion and our diseases on the cross and go into our darkness and hell to deliver us from its claim than send sickness to us and send us to hell. Mm -hmm. It says, man, what makes Jesus different than any other God that exists? Any demigod, any quasi-God, any wannabe God is this. Every God requires a sacrifice. Yep. And in every other religion, the people become the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. But in Christianity, our God became the sacrifice. Mm. He wrapped himself in flesh to come get us. He was unwilling to leave us. He was, I need Jesus. you to hear this. I need you to get settled Jesus. in this. People say, what's the difference between Allah and Buddha and all of this? And every other one, they want the people to become the sacrifice. You go and you read Greek mythology. You read Roman mythology. You read about the gods that they even endured and engaged um, and Baal and all of them. They all wanted a sacrifice. They wanted the people to become a sacrifice. Sacrifice. And God said, no, no, no. These people can't be the sacrifice. I'm going to wrap myself in flesh and come and be for them what they cannot be because I'm tired of them being in spiritual amnesia, being corset, corpse. I need them to know they are my family and they are complete in me. And I got to tell you guys, if that don't stare you, if that don't move you, you need to just ask the Holy Ghost, am I even saved? If that don't quicken you, if that don't make you go, my God, he is such a good God that I would be unable to change, unable to wake myself up out of sleep, can't do enough, can't be enough, can't say enough, and he would wrap himself in flesh to come get me. What will never happen again is a devil tell me I'm depressed tell me I ain't worthy tell me I don't have no value tell me God don't care nothing about me I'll never entertain that foolishness again because God already proved how valuable I was to him when he wrapped himself in flesh and got on a cross for me you know I'm using my I'm, I'm using my sanctified imagination but I imagine that God just looked around 
all throughout the universes, all throughout all of eternities. And he couldn't find anybody he trusted more to do the job than himself. And he was like, I could, I could, I could, I could get a bull, I could get a dove, but I, I don't trust the bull. I don't trust the dove. I don't trust the ring. Who, who is gonna do this one time and one time only? And the Bible says that literally he sent his only begotten son. That's who he trusted. He loved us enough to do that for us. And then I love what because we was reading this. It's funny, like we didn't actually put this together this way, but look at what he says in Colossians 2, 8, 9. In Colossians 2, 8, 9, look at this. It says, make sure that you become no one's victim through empty philosophical intellectualism. He says, meaningless speculations, molded in traditions, and repetitions according to mankind's cosmic codes and superstitions. He then says, and not consistent with Christ, in him the fullness of deity resides in a human body. He proves that human life is tailor-made for God. That human life is tailor-made for God. He says, literally, Jesus came and he did for us what could not be done by anything else and then lived a life to show us that even in this form, our life was tailor-made for God. Man, you teaching. Now you got me stared up. Now I'm looking for another scripture because it's so important. Listen, this is how committed God was to getting you back. Because for every person who's ever thought, I'm not loved. God don't care. No one was here. God hasn't been here. Let me tell you how committed God was to get you. You said God searched through all the eons and all of the universes and he couldn't find anybody. And so what he did was, if you understand the strategy of what he did, which is why he's the master chess player, right? It looks like everything is lost when Adam sings. But God is so smart that before he ever creates the world, the Bible says that the lamb was slain before, before the, foundation. the foundation. So he had a solution before we had a Absolutely. problem. Absolutely. So you need to understand that in your whole life, God always has a solution before you have a problem. But the challenge is, is that the enemy gets you to believe that God doesn't have a problem, a solution for you. So you go out and look for your own solutions. That's what sin is. You go out and look for your own deliverance. You go out and look for your own freedom. You go out and look for your own satisfaction. But God knows that we can't save ourselves. So he makes a covenant with himself yeah, yeah. so he can rescue us. Yeah. He makes a covenant with himself. In Hebrews 6, it says this, one of my favorite scriptures to preach. It says that because he could swear, he looked around and he couldn't find nothing to come in covenant with it. He couldn't find anything as perfect and true and holy as he was. So he swear he makes a covenant with himself. And the Bible says that when he's talking to Abraham and he's working out this plan, because if you go back and you study scripture, you have to understand that Abraham was crucial in this plan. Check it. God slays the lamb before the foundation, mm -hmm. right? But God needs a, a way back into the earth. Mm -hmm. So he finds a man named Abram and he asks Abram for his son. 
He needs Abram to be willing to give him his son so he can get his son back in the world. Mm -hmm. He doesn't need Abraham to kill Isaac. He just needs to know that Abraham will kill Isaac. The Bible says he gets Abram. He tells Abram to take Isaac up to the mountain. I, Isaac is not a little boy when this happens. And it's not just any random kid. This is a kid they believed God This is for. the kid of promise. Right. And he says to him, I need you to give him to me. He's not doing that because he doesn't have anything else to do. He's using Abraham and Isaac to get Jesus back in the earth. It's the principle of seed, time, and harvest. It's the principle he of seed, time, and harvest. He needed a seed to bring the harvest back to mankind. He needed a seed of promise in order to bring the promise back into earth. Mm -hmm. Isaac is not a kid. Isaac is not unaware of what is happening. Isaac actually carries the wood and lays down. And God is, and Isaac, Abraham is about to kill him, but Abraham knows something about God. Talk about trusting your father. Now, that's a whole mess. No, that's a whole Talk mess. About Talk trusting about your trusting father. your father. <laughs> Talk about Abraham trusting. had to be a good father because how because because I don't know how many sons would have carried the wood and keep asking because the whole time he kept asking the father, now where the sacrifice gonna come from? But wait, when Abraham is getting ready to go up the mountain <laughs> and the servants want to come in with them, Abraham something very, he said something very clear. He said, we'll be back. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know how God is going to do it. But he trusts his father. But he trusts his father. <laughs> and so Abraham trusts his father. And then Isaac trusts his father. So Isaac walks himself up carrying the wood to become the sacrifice. I need you to understand that. And he that says to his father, where is the sacrifice going to come from? And what is Abraham saying? The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. <laughs> but I need you to understand, Abraham, Isaac carrying that wood is symbolic of Jesus carrying the cross. Mm -hmm. So Isaac is walking up the mountain carrying the wood. His sacrifice ain't going to even fix it all, but he's carrying the wood. Why? Because in that moment, God is making a transfer. Mm -hmm. When Abraham gets to the top, binds Isaac, and is about to cut him and kill him, God says to him, hey, no, 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 that's good. That's all I needed. I just need the access back in the mm -hmm. earth. If you go to Hebrews 6, it says that God looked around for someone to swear by. And he said, I can't find nobody to swear by because Abraham is saying to God, how do I know that you are going mm -hmm. to do what you said you are going to do? And Abraham, God says, since he cannot swear by anybody, he swore by himself. I always get excited about this because when I, I was know. growing up, I could not swear say I swear to God. We couldn't say I swear I to know, God in my I family. Know. So God literally on, say it, says say it. I swear to God say it like I'll bless you. you. Say it like I mean. swear to God I'll bless you. You out here wondering whether God is going to come through for you. And what did he say? He said I swear to God I'll bless you. I swear listen to what he says. He says I swear on everything that makes me God. Yes. He said, now, do you don't understand that is the taking scene right there. That is, that is the taking scene right there. When that when that father says to them, they're going to take you. They're going to take you. Oh, but I'm coming. Oh, but I'm coming. <laughs> I got you. a special set of skills. And I got a special set of skills. <laughs> See, God couldn't save you with money. That's right. God couldn't save us with lambs. That's good. God, he had to have a special set of skills yes. that he orchestrated from the foundation. Mm -hmm. And I'm just saying to you guys, 
it ain't no way that that could ever become real to you and you ever have a conversation again mm. about God not loving you, about you not having no value, about God not seeing you because literally God made an exchange for you. And just like that man in Take It said, he said, they go take they you. They go take you. He said, listen here, Adam, they go take they you because you. you done seeing that. <laughs> they go take you. He said, but oh, I'm coming for you. And this is how much he loves us. Even when we're rejecting mm -hmm. him, even when we're fighting mm -hmm. against him. Mm -hmm. That's why the Bible says, if you make your bed in hell, the blessing ain't stuff, God. Mm -hmm. Guys, mm -hmm. the blessing is, I swear to God, I'm going to give you your identity back. Mm -hmm. I swear to God, I'm going to reveal to you that you really mine. I swear to God, I'm going to get this amnesia off of you. Mm -hmm. I'm, he Even when we mess up, marry the wrong people, date the wrong people, take the wrong jobs, get in the wrong lifestyle, get involved in drugs and alcohol, get involved in all kind of foolishness, he never stops coming he for us. Coming. Because in, in John 3, 16, it says, for God so loved the cosmos, mm -hmm. and the mirror translation says this, and he is not about to abandon mm -hmm. us. And I'm telling you, when you understand that, not only will it change how you see yourself, it'll change how you see other people. When people are lost, when people are doing stupid stuff, because Lord knows the spirit of stupid will make you do some mm -hmm. stupid stuff. When people do stupid stuff, you'll feel God staring in your heart and you'll want to be aggravated with them. Your flesh will be irritated with them. You'll say, don't make no sense that they mm -hmm. do such stupid stuff. And you will hear the Holy Spirit say, but I'm coming for them too. But I'm coming for them too. I'm coming for them too. And I want to encourage you not just to take this for your life, but to take this truth and let yourself become an ambassador for the message that says to every creature, he's coming for you. Mm -hmm. He's coming for you. Then when we see people caught up in sin, we see them addicted to drugs. We see them in adulterous relationship. We see them caught up in all types of perversion and witch wickedness that we don't go. They get what they deserve. We don't go. They stupid and they dumb. We say, oh, but he coming for mm -hmm. you. What would happen if just the 75 of us would just begin to declare that every place we saw spiritual amnesia, but he's coming for you, mm -hmm. but he's coming for you. He's not going to leave you like this. And we declare that the world wake up to the truth that he's coming for us. Amen. Amen. You know, Liz, I know you got something. No, I'm just, I'm just, just to end this by saying that when we read, when you read that scripture in Hebrew six, I believe it's verse 18. It says, and this we have as an anchor for our soul. As an anchor. And this we have as an anchor for our soul. What do we mean by our soul? Our mind, our will, our emotions, our imagination, and our intellect. He says, if we understand this, it'll anchor us. It'll anchor us. When the winds blow, when the rains come, when the storms rage, this will anchor us. And so I encourage all the people of God who are listening to this or who will hear this, broadcast or, or someone who heard this will share it with you as they're talking to you or share with you the link to watch it that you just understand that what we're talking about right here this is this is this is this is not some immediate gratification thing we're talking about how to anchor yourself in the word of god so that you're ready that you're blessed and that you win in every situation
because that's what God told us he's going to do for us. And he, 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 wants, he wants his word to be illuminated to our lives so that we can see it, so that we understand it, so that we receive it, and so that we can become it. Because he yes. wants us to live that completed life. Amen? Yes. And as we, you know, as we get ready to go, some of you may be deciding that you need to give your life to Jesus or you need to come back from a backslidden state. Yeah. But how many of you, as we just walk through this, your revelation of how much God loves you is increasing. Like, let me see, like that you're like, wait a minute, God loves me. He is utterly in love with me. He is committed to me. He is not about to abandon me. He's not about to abandon me. And so I don't just get saved and go praise God for me. He's not about to abandon them. Mm -hmm. He's not about to abandon you. And so I just want to pray right now. And I need everybody to get in agreement. You may know somebody today and you're looking at them and they look so lost. And you're you're just so clear, you're so clear right now. It's just that they don't know. They have spiritual amnesia. Mm -hmm. They've been led away by that seducing spirit mm -hmm. that deceives them and tells them that they that they have really have no value. I love, I love um what Sanitra said. It's stress relieving. It gives me strength. I saw somebody else, a couple of pe people said, My revelation of how much God loves me is increasing. It's Thank God that I know how much God loves me now. You know, it's just, it's, I mean, I'm telling you, as we study this, I feel the same way. I feel the same way that you do. No matter, no matter, the, we, we get the opportunity to, to present it to you. But man, when I'm hearing this, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm reading this, when we're preaching to one another, I feel just like they feel right now. No, and, and this is the truth. Babe will tell you at home, I preach myself this hype at home. Yeah. Like I literally, when I'm at home, I read my Bible out loud. If I'm in the other room and I hear you go, oh, like that, I just turn family feud down because I know you're going to come over there and preach for five or 10 minutes and I'm good with it. Whatever. And I just listen to you preach and I'm like, that's good, babe. No, I, but <laughs> this one will really help you. When I read my Bible at home, I read it out loud. Mm -hmm. So I can hear myself saying it. You do. And I, 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 don't, I listen, I don't care. Babe, let me tell you something. Y'all listen. Y'all pray for your pastor. Pastor Edwin, is going, pastor Edwin is going to Dubai for his job on Friday. And let me tell y'all what's going to happen the moment I drop him off at the airport. I'm going to take all my Bibles. And put them on my and side. And put them on his side. On the bed. I'm going to open them up. So that throughout the middle of the night, when I hear the Holy Ghost say something, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to turn on the light and nobody's going to say, ooh, the light is in my face. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm, I'm sad that you're going to be gone, but I'm so excited about this opportunity to get to spend this time in the word Bibles all over the bed. I'm going to send you a picture of them too. I'm going to post it in the group too so everybody that's, can that's see. Fine. Bibles all over the bed. Because guys, I'm telling you, I'll never forget when Sister Sandy came to our church and she said, the Bible will preach to you if you let it. Mm -hmm. This word is a lie. It's not a fairy tale. It is a lie and it will preach to you if you let it. And it will literally unlock every shackle that's in your life. So what I want us to do is we pray and you get ready to give. Everybody here knows somebody that's in bondage. Yeah, yeah. 
They may be in bondage in that they've never accepted Christ, but it's a lot of believers that they have accepted Christ, but they don't really know what they've accepted. Mm. And so they're literally still in bondage. Mm. And I want you to just ask the Holy Spirit to bring their face to you right now, to bring their name to you right now. And as I pray, I want you to lift them up before the Lord. And I really just want you to ask the Lord, help them remember, mm. go get them, go get them. Father, we thank you that you have been so mindful of us that before the foundation, you had a plan that we would be one family united in heaven and earth. Amen. And I thank you that you are not about to abandon us. Nope, you are not. I thank you that your plan is strategic and, their pl and your plan is intentional and your plan cannot be defeated. Amen. Every one of us knows somebody who's still lost, somebody who is not aware that they are complete, mm. someone who is struggling with depression, with oppression, someone who is struggling with suicide, someone who is struggling with sexual sin, someone who is in an abusive relationship, someone who is an abuser. And it's because they do not know who they are. So we come corporately together as a family yes. and we say, wake up now in Jesus, in Jesus name. name. Angels, we know that you have been assigned to us. To every one of us, we have angels. So and we ask you angels to do what only you can do, the supernatural part of encounters that wake them up. We thank you that everywhere they go, every store they go into, even if they go into the club, even if they go into a hotel to engage in some kind of prostitution or illegal act, even as they are sticking heroin in their veins right now, that you are reminding, reminding them, them that you love them and you have come yes, for them. And yes. Father, we repent. Yes. We repent for thinking that you have given up on anybody. Yes. We repent for Nobody's being so aggravated far. with people that we would not pray for them, for being so irritated with them that we think they get what they deserve. We bring our hearts into alignment with you, that you are in love with the cosmos and you are not about to abandon any of us. Any of us. So we pray for the people that look like they can't see and can't hear. And we speak life to them. Holy Spirit, come and do what you do. Mm -hmm. Lord, whether it's a Jonah encounter, whether it's a Paul on Damascus Road encounter, whether it's a, a, an, an, a an the Ethiopian meets Stephen encounter, we thank you that you have a way to draw us all back. And so we call everybody home. We call the entire family home in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I want to say this as we get ready to give. If you're not a person who prays that way, you're really acting like the brother of the prodigal son who even though you didn't leave, you don't care about the restoration of the family. Yeah. He wants, Jesus did not just die for Sean Strickland. Nope. He did not just die for my kids. <clears throat> he died for the entire cosmos. I love it. Pop said the Holy Spirit placed his picture in front of him during this prayer. Mm. There, it, it can be things where we're in bondage. We don't know how free we've made, right? And so what I want you to do, guys, I want you to listen to this message. 
I want you to preach this message to somebody this week. You ain't got to preach it as long as we did, but preach this message to somebody. And I want you to just begin to pray for yourself and people to be awakened to this completeness that we have. And if you say, well, I don't know what to say, start by saying you're completing Christ. I'm completing Christ. And then you say, if you and ask them, have they accepted Jesus? Because if they have, then you can let them know then they too are complete. They may have to come into the revelation of it, but it doesn't stop that they, if they've accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they are complete. All the other things they're hearing are, are distractions, size show distractions that the enemy wants to get them involved in. You know, I think about that scripture all the time in Romans when it says that the night is far spent, the day is at hand, and that now is our salvation nearer than when we first believed. Every time we engage in the word of God, our deliverance becomes more and more broad for us in every area, right? Because thank God, God doesn't just rip the bandaid off of us sometimes. He actually heals us and delivers us in layers because he knows that, that, that he, he knows what I need to be delivered from today that can get me delivered tomorrow Teach and me. next week and next month. And so, you know, we say all the time here at Fellowship of Champions, we are growing and we, we are we are growing and becoming together. We are growing and becoming together. None of us have arrived yet. We are all growing uh, to be better. So uh, we appreciate you guys being here. Let's run through a couple of announcements real quick. Uh, let's just talk about what's happening next week. Monday, you can join Pastor Sean for Strategies for Success. That's at 12 o'clock Central Standard Time. Uh, you can join her on her personal page or on her professional page. And then on Tuesday, we encourage you to join us for Corporate Prayer. That's at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. It's always conducted by one of the, the partners on our prayer uh, intercessory ministry team. So we encourage you to come out on Tuesday night because something supernatural happens when we pray. And then on Wednesday at 7 p.m., if you have teens, we encourage you to get your teens involved in Ignite. Uh, that happens at 7 p.m. via Zoom. If you have a teen and you want your teen to get involved and you should want your teen to be involved, uh, then we ask that you go to the webpage. Uh, you can find the information there that you need in order to do that. We also offer Victory Zone, which is on demand. Uh, you can uh, participate. Your young kids can uh, participate in those Victory Zone lessons uh, pre-K up until like uh, fifth or sixth grade. Uh, it's appropriate for them. Uh, to watch Victory Zone lessons. Uh, and again, you can get more information on that by visiting uh, the website. And that's on demand. So, you know, while you're getting ready to do this next thing at eight o'clock on Wednesday night, which is Bible study, refresh Bible study, you can have them uh, engage in the Victory Zone lessons, right? And so that's at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. It's taught by Pastor Ralph. Uh, Pastor Shum and I popped in a couple of weeks uh, to kind of add some essence to minding your mind and thinking about this. Uh, but typically Pastor Raph is there giving us a, a really good, practical, uh, challenging word to help us throughout the week. And then on Thursdays, we, we, we let you chill. On Friday mornings, we ask you to join us at 6.30 a.m. for what we call Champion Circle. Uh, that's the second time that we gather and we pray during the week. And again, something supernatural happens when you pray. We ask you to spend time on Saturday uh, with your family and doing those things that uh, rejuvenate you and give you life, things to give God joy in life. And then we ask you to join us on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time with Pastor Kristen Valley. Her and Elder Valley lead us into praise and worship for about 30 minutes. Uh, just, just really, I call it tilling the ground. You know, uh, there's nothing that gets me in the mood better to receive the word than to enjoy the word through song. 
Uh, and so I encourage you to join us at 9 a.m. If you haven't liked our page, go like the page uh, so you can get the notifications. Uh, and then after she's done, we come back right here at 930 uh, and engage in this conversation that we are having around being complete in Christ. I want to remind you that on June the 5th, on June the 5th at 11 a.m., uh, we will have our huddle. Uh, in other words, it is our, more exciting. I was trying to think the huddle, we call it our in-person service. And so listen, I'm, I'm excited. If you're not excited, I mean, I don't know what to tell you, uh, but, but the huddle is Sunday, June the 5th. Uh, I'm not trying to manufacture your excitement. If you ain't excited, I guess you ain't excited. I'm excited. I'll be there. Uh, in fact, I'll land back in America on June 4th. Uh, so tired or not, I'll be there on June 5th <laughs> at 11 a.m. because I want to see all the smiling faces of our partners who are going to fly in, drive in, uh, walk in, bike in, however you're going to get here. <laughs> We're excited to see you on Sunday, June the 5th at 11 a.m. And yes, we will have uh, our early morning, well, not early morning, our 930 online service prior to that. Come to the huddle. It's going to be so hype. Yep. It's going to be so good. <laughs> listen. Hey, guys, listen. I want y'all praying for Pastor Edwin. How many days you going to be gone? You ain't going to even know how to make it being gone for me that many days. I don't know what to do, babe. <laughs> <laughs> listen. How many days are you going to be gone? Because so they put your partners can pray for you. Pray for me every day. I'm going to be gone. When, when you, <laughs> but, when you, but when you leaving, babe. Oh. <laughs> but I'm like, no, I'm just playing. You know what? But you know what? No, Y'all know that picture where I was looking at him crazy yesterday when we went to eat. Y'all get to see why I look at him like that. I'll leave on the 27th. On the 27th. And I'll you come, come back, back on the 4th. That's a long time. And then I'll leave again. When? <laughs> on the 17th. And come back when? The 25th. Fifth, and then, I, and then I leave the twenty seventh. <laughs> I come back July first. <laughs> Ooh, well that's something. So y'all pray for Pastor Sean. She gonna miss me a lot. Oh, but let me tell y'all something. He going to Dubai, so he should come back with gifts and surprises. <laughs> Ain't that the confession? I'm sowing my seed today for gifts and surprises. He going to Dubai. He bringing gifts and surprise. Babe, listen. I'm telling you in front. We got sixty two people left. Don't you come back to these United States of America without some gifts and surprises for me and the girls. Don't do it. Don't, don't, don't you, you not, everybody know you're not frozen, baby. Everybody know you're not frozen. <laughs> don't come back to these United States. You better go to that mall and you better find. I'm going for work, baby. I don't care nothing about that. You better find you some still away with Jesus time and go to that mall and bring us something back from Dubai. And I'm going to be clear. I'll I don't want no t-shirt. No my husband went to Dubai and all I got back was his crummy t-shirt. I don't want no t-shirt. I don't want no mug. I don't want no snow globe. You bring me back a gift that is worthy you like of snow Dubai. Globes. You bring me back a gift that is worthy of Dubai. Amen. A camel. Praise the Lord. <laughs> bring me back a camel. All right, listen, guys. We want y'all to have a great week. Give your offering this week, man. Listen, we had so many kids graduate. Our high schoolers started graduating. Yeah, all the high so school excited. and college graduates. Man, we got grades coming in. Y'all, listen, this kid, y'all helping who making the dean's list. Baby, these baby, these babies making the dean's list. They are showing up they are big here doing in it. college. They are doing it. And I see Trinika don't agree with me. A do yeah, I need y'all lifting up. Words. I want y'all to be like, speak to Pastor and tell him a Dubai worthy gift. 
They want me to really bless you. The cash app is that money. Straight. No, 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 no. <laughs> hear me. I don't I, hear me. I want us Y'all to be can clear. Cash app me. I do real good. Hear by me. To be clear, I don't care what they sow to you. What I want you to do is spend your money on me. Your money, okay? Let's just be clear. Don't it's like don't take me out with no coupon. <laughs> no. All right, we love y'all. We just messing around. Listen. We love y'all. We're praying for you. If you want to be a virtual partner, that's the only thing that we didn't put a comment for. If you want to be a virtual partner, you should be a part of this church. This is a really dope church. Not only do we really teach the word, but we also know how to have fun while we're doing it, right? And this is a fun church, right? He better not bring it. He gonna go to jail trying to bring a camel back over here. And then we gonna really have a problem. We gonna be praying for him to get broke out of jail by an angel. Listen, so we love y'all. We want y'all to have an amazing week. This week, share with us how God is Im impacting you with this word. Let your heart be filled with compassion toward those that are lost. Be generous and kind to yourself as you grow and become. And let's just keep walking in our completeness. We love y'all so much. Okay. Listen, it's a little bit cool today. So I'm about to have Pastor Edwin take me to Starbucks before we go home. Peppermint hot chocolate before it's too hot for him. Y'all have a great day. We love y'all. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.